right, everybody, welcome back to The Glass Less Traveled. My name is Mike Verivi. I'm a certified bourbon steward and founder of the Fox Valley Whiskey Society. We're going to explore and introduce you guys to America's craft distilleries, microbreweries, industry insiders, and professional imbibers to give you guys the inside scoop on the things you need to be drinking. Uh, if you guys like what you're watching and want to help us expand, don't forget to click like and subscribe down below. Uh, you can also go to the comments section on our Facebook and uh, YouTube page and visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theglasslesstraveled. Uh, tonight, I'm joined again for our monthly whiskey tasting with whiskey reviewer, writer, and blogger, Jeff Schwartz, a.k.a. Whiskey Fellow. Cheers, uh, everybody. Along with a very special guest, longtime viewer, supporter, and member of the Fox Valley Whiskey Society and the Glassless Traveled, and our resident uh, poster of all things with Irish whiskey related, Miss Leslie Spiller. How are, Hi, uh, how are you doing? Happy I'm belated doing birthday. Great. Happy belated thank birthday you. to you. Hey, thank um, you. Did you, uh, did you do anything exciting to, uh, to bring in? No, the, this, this is my exciting for my birthday. Yeah, this is the exciting part. <laughs> uh, tonight, we are going to be sampling an incredible Irish whiskey that has won multiple awards, including the 2010 Irish Whiskey of the Year and Top 10 Whiskeys in the World. Made from a mash of malted and unmalted barley and then triple distilled in copper pot stills, Redbreast 12 boasts the flavor, complexity, and distinctive qualities of pot still whiskey. Matured in a combination of bourbon-seasoned American oak barrels and Oloroso sherry-seasoned Spanish oak barrels, the distinctive Redbreast sherry style is a joy to behold in each and every bottle. An affordable and readily available Irish whiskey, Redbreast 12 has made its way to the top of every whiskey collector's list as a go-to pour and a great introduction to Irish whiskey for those looking to expand their palate. Um, Jeff, as our resident whiskey pro, uh, I've got uh, I've got some interesting notes, but I, I'm I'm curious as to your your uh, expertise on on Redbreast. Uh, Redbreast is made by uh, the Middleton Distillery, um, which makes a whole host of names that everybody's familiar with. Um, Redbreast, though, is probably it's not the most expensive one they make by far, but in my opinion, it's the best line they make. Um, I'm a big fan of Redbreast. Uh, it was a Irish. I, I had many Irish whiskeys, and when I tasted this, I went, "Wow, this isn't even the same universe. <laughs> um, th this this is off by itself." Um, we are uh, going to be drinking a. Uh, single pot still, um, which is unique to Ireland, and it doesn't mean what everybody thinks it means. Um, basically, to be a single pot still, it's got to be comprised of malted and unmalted barley. Um, it has to be triple distilled, and it has to be done in a copper pot still. Of course, it has to be done in Ireland, um, but... Uh, the rules are pretty crazy regarding that. And there's some talk that Middleton actually forced this category into Irish whiskey. Hmm. Um, and, and an attempt to force out some competitors. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's a cutthroat world out there. Yeah. They wanted, they wanted to have a kind of a corner on the market. Um, yeah. But uh, Redbreast is Redbreast is fifty fifty as far as malted unmalted, um, so it's a it's a nice even mix there, uh, easy numbers to remember. 
And, uh, you know, Irish whiskey as a whole, a lot of people don't know this used to be the most popular spirit in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, United States, everything, forget bourbon, forget scotch, forget vodka. It was Irish whiskey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in 1890, there were 30 distilleries in Ireland. In 1990, there were three. Yeah. So you're talking 100 years there, you lost 90% of the distilleries. Yeah. Now Irish, we've got... Go ahead. Irish whiskey is kind of making a, a, a huge, huge comeback yeah. now. And there's now how many how many distilleries in Ireland now? I think as of like 2018? 34. 34. Yeah, not all of them are... Uh, not all of them are up and running and ready to offer uh to offer whiskey because it's got to age for three years mm-hmm. yes. um but um you've got 18 working distilleries uh for sure and there's 16 that are in some sort of stage of readiness okay so there's going to be a lot brought to market and one of we were just talking about is quiet man which is actually owned by luxco uh which owns for you bourbon drinkers out there owns lux row along with the dozen or so other other different companies um, yeah so we're going to be sampling if you guys out there uh andrew meyer i know you were watching andrew he's another uh he's another one of our patreon supporters and longtime uh subscriber and, and watcher of the show also a fellow bourbon steward uh and then we got wilson torres who's the uh uh they're the sales guy over there at uh over there at union horse distilling down there in lenexa kansas uh, Wilson, a good buddy of mine, he watches every every week. If you guys out there watching have a bottle of Red Best Breast 12 or even just a little sample like myself because <laughs> I was in, in the planning stages of my wedding reception, which is happening on Saturday, and I didn't get a chance to go buy a bottle of it. So I have a little sample from my buddy Dan Grison. So thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you, Dan, for that. Leslie, let's go to you. I'm really curious because you've been to Ireland a, a few times. You are a huge, huge fan and proponent of Irish whiskey. Um, and you, almost every day, I love seeing all this stuff that you post on the Fox Valley Whiskey site, group page, especially those recipes with the cookies and the cake and all the desserts and all that. I'm like, just keep them coming. I have like, it's almost like Pinterest, <laughs> you know, like you save all these things that you think you're going to make, even though, you yeah. know, you, you might never make them, but you're like, mm, I'm going to, I'm going to save that one. What is it about <laughs> Irish whiskey? Why, why Irish whiskey versus scotch or bourbon? Um, I like bourbon. I'm a bourbon drinker as well, and I like blended whiskeys. But Irish Irish whiskey um, fell in love with on my second trip to Ireland. The first trip over was strictly all about the Guinness. Second trip over, and, and believe me, the Guinness is different there. You, there is no comparison. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I believe it. And my second trip over, I was at a Darkie Kelly's pub, which is um, right downtown Dublin, um, and they have wonderful live sessions, music there. Um, and I had a particularly um, crazy bartender who happened to be Italian of all things, tattooed, bald, multiple piercings, who I had been drinking Bushmills at the bar just to try it. And he suggested Bushmills Black. And boy, wasn't that a really wonderful introduction to something delicious. Yeah. And since then, 
Jameson certainly, Telemordu certainly. I've, I've tried several other brands. Um, but on my last trip to Ireland, I found something different happening because on the first three trips, the, the emphasis was more on craft beer and Guinness and traditional patties, powers, JMO. Mm. My last trip, you could really see the difference because craft distilling was the main thing on most of the menus that I saw in places that I went. In fact, um, one of the regular pubs that I went to had an 11 by 18 size menu. Mm -hmm. And on one side, there was a column of craft beers. There was a little bit of gin, a little bit of vodka, and then mixed drinks. Flip it over. And it was whiskey, 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 whiskey. You would not believe. And they, they're really into doing tasting flights there. It's an entirely different thing. So my interest in this has ramped up. And I will tell you, this is my first time with Red Rats 12. So this is a big treat for me. Really? really? Oh. oh, see, I've had it now. I've had it a few times before. Um, so we, uh, we, we used to do. Um, through the Fox Valley Whiskey Society, we used to do a bunch of different whiskey events. Um, and I, I would get up in front of a group of people. I had a presentation. We did one at McNally's in, in downtown St. Charles. For those of you who are familiar, uh, was the history of whiskey. And I went through basically 1,500 years of, uh, of, of, you know, whiskey making, you know, from all the, you know, way back to the, you know, the, the 14th century and, and prior, all the way up to current day. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned Bushmills because we did a, we did a blind tasting with uh, five different Irish whiskeys, one of them being Redbreast 12. Um, but the other wow. four were pretty low, you know, kind of bottom shelf uh, whiskeys, right. one of them being Bushmills White Label. Uh, Tullamore Dew was one of them, and then there was, there was two other ones. Um, Bushmills White Label actually came out in a very, very, very close second place, right behind Redbreast 12. Um, wow. So it just goes to show that without the label, without the you know, this, this, the, the dollar sign that, you know, where it's sitting on the shelf, you know, a bottom shelf can be, can be pretty good. But uh, this yep. one, which I've, I've went ahead and poured. Uh, so if you guys out there want to, want to pour and, and let it sit for a little while, as Jeff always recommends, uh, just kind of let it open up and let it air out a little bit. Um, Redbreast 12 is one that I've kind of, kind of fallen in love with. Surprising, I don't actually have it on the shelf. Uh, my wife doesn't like me buying any more bottles of whiskey. So I'll listen to her. Uh, happy, 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 wife, happy wife, happy life, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So, uh, so we've got we've got uh, Leslie. You're obviously a huge fan of Irish whiskey. For those of you who uh, who maybe don't know the proper way to uh, to sample, you guys want to you guys want to jump in and uh, and and start to start to nose and and sample this one. Sure. And if you guys out there, I know a couple of you had questions uh, earlier today on uh, on our group page. Um, this is not the cask strength. This is just the regular Red Breast 12. So if you have a bottle, please pour and uh, and and sip along with us. Um, Jeff, walk us through your uh, walk us through your. I'm going to assume you want me to walk me through walk us through the tasting since you froze. Um, it's an interesting picture, though. Uh, what I always recommend if you're uh, not familiar with the way that I nose whiskey and taste whiskey, you have three zones. You've got your chin, you've got your lower lip, and then you've got just under your nose. Uh, I never recommend sticking your nose in the glass. 
that's not what the glass is designed to do and it's not really good for your nose either. Um, but open your mouth and try and sniff with your mouth open because a lot of your sense of smell, believe it or not, is in your tongue. Um, so you get a much more, uh, you, you pick up much more delicate notes that way. Yeah. So breathe in and you pick up notes. Like in this case, I'm picking up a sweet vanilla. If I go a little higher to my lower lip, there's orange, there's nuts. Um, and if you go side to side and everybody has a dominant nostril, just like everybody has a dominant hand or a dominant foot, everybody has a dominant nostril. I get a little bit of ginger. I get a little bit of ginger in there. Are you picking up any chocolate? Definitely chocolate, a little bit of vanilla in there. Yep. And you picked up ginger, and it's funny because I'm picking up cinnamon. But okay. on the nose, that's not too far off. And anybody out there who's watching, um, we've, we've had some, some crazy storms in the area recently. Uh, Wi-Fi connection can get a little bit shoddy at times. Um, I've disappeared off screen. I, I can tell twice so far. Um, if we happen to, if, uh, you, you two, if I happen to disappear again, uh, you, you know, just keep going. I'll be back and I'll be back in a couple minutes. Uh, Wi-Fi around this area has been a little, a little iffy, uh, more, more recently. So we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens tonight, but so far, so far we should be good. I'm curious to see what, uh, everybody watching, what you guys are getting on the nose in this one. Um, I, I cinnamon a little bit, like real faint. Yes. A little bit of cinnamon. And now there's vanilla. one yeah, more. Leslie, you're right. There's one more part to nosing, which is all of the mouth. And instead of inhaling through your nose this time, hold the glass up to your lips and just breathe in the vapor. And from this, you should be getting the sherry influence. Yeah. And the yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sherry for sure. Lots of raisin. Um, yeah. Now, somebody, I, I watched a video earlier this week and somebody had mentioned melon and it like, it's sticking out now that like melon, you, you know, yeah. and, and you, and we had talked about this uh, the last time we were on, it's, you know, it's very kind of, suggestive where you know you have somebody okay. mentions something and it's like oh yeah i definitely i definitely get that so i'm now i'm like looking for it speaking of that are you getting the canned tuna it <laughs> <laughs> is that, what is that chicken it's, of the it, sea? it's like it's starfish, i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> very unique to red breast yeah i yeah, know <laughs> But you're you're right when you said uh, when you said nutty, yeah, um, you know, like uh, like maybe like dried like almost like a dried orange peel kind of. Mm-hmm. All right, I have to, I have to dive in. Oh yeah, yeah. There's Wilson, fresh mowed grass. Ah yes, on a hot summer day. 
Yeah, citrus in my chair a little bit because that is really good. <laughs> yeah, and there is so much going on with this. It. Yeah. This is just in, in the realm of Irish whiskeys. This is just a delight. It really yep. is, and it's amazing because it's a fifty-some-odd dollar bottle. Yeah. So you know you're not talking about breaking the bank. It's cheaper than a lot of bourbons. Yeah. Um, definitely cheaper than a lot of scotches. Depending uh, on where you get, it. depending on where you get it, because I went to yeah. Vinnie's and it was more than that. Well, you you can you can be paying in the sixties and seventies for it too, but on average around the country, it's in the high fifties. Okay. But this is just this is like the the Lexus or Cadillac of Irish whiskeys, in my opinion. There, Wilson, there's nothing not to like. Wilson it's says really smooth and it's white grape yeah, juice. And it's, yeah, you get white grape juice on that too. It's round and it's smooth and it's sexy. Yes, yes, that is a really great way to describe to describe. Not not I, I feel like not just this particular Irish Irish whiskey, but kind of like Irish whiskey in general. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very floral. It's very fruity. It's just it's got that you know that that je ne sais quoi, if you will. Yeah, man, Wilson. Now you said now you said white grape juice, and I'm yeah yeah I'm getting a lot of that. I'm getting a lot of that. So I mean, uh, this has a you called it you called it sexy, and uh, you know it's I it, to me it's thick and oily and viscous, and you know it's something else. It's an attractive quality on just on the mouthfeel. Yes. Okay, Wilson, you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but this There's is one of those ones that, that if you didn't know what it was and you closed your eyes and you picked up your glass and you had a sip and you let it roll around on your tongue, you would smell a peat fire in an Irish pub and know immediately that this is Irish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 100% agreed. This is this is kind of like the quintessential Irish whiskey. You know, it's kind of what everybody kind of expects when they, you know, when when they when they talk Irish whiskey. Now, what's what's the what, what's the proof on this one? Uh, proof on this one is 80. Oh, so this is this is kind of kind of low. 99% sure it's 80 proof. So I'm curious uh, yes, eighty proof. I'm curious as to those watching. I know uh, one of our friends, David Craven. Uh, I believe he's watching tonight. Um, he had asked earlier if we were doing the regular Redbreast Twelve or the Cask Strength. Uh, David, if you're watching tonight, please chime in. I'd love to to hear your thoughts on this one. Even if you're not drinking Redbreast or if you're drinking the Cask Strength, uh, what your what your thoughts are? The the finish on this one, it kind of it kind of sticks like right back here, mm -hmm. you know, like right back on my molar molars. And I get a, a little bit of spice. Um, a little bit of white pepper. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, but not, not black pepper. Like we talked about. No, no, about no, 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 no. Not the, black. The first time. Not a lot of bite. It's warm, but it's not harsh. Yeah. Yeah. The spices it, are it, warm. Toasted spices as opposed to just straight out of the jar. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this one is is pretty affordable too. I know you said this is about fifty dollars. I think they sell. You know, we've got out here by us. We've got Woodman's. I know Jeff, you're up in Wisconsin. You're very familiar with Woodman's. Um, you know, that's a great, great place to go for uh, at their their liquor department, uh, their alcohol department to to pick up a bottle. Super affordable. I want to say this. Like you said, it's somewhere around that like forty five to sixty ish dollar range, but usually right around like that fifty to high fifty mark. Yeah. Um, God, this is one that I could just like, I want to almost like put into a candle, you know? Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, I'm with you on that one. And I'd be saving it for date night. But I mean, where else? There's a lot of good Irish whiskeys out there, but where else can you pick up something this good for this price? Exactly. And, and it's, I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm saying it's difficult to do. Yeah. So Redbreast, Redbreast is in, interesting. It's it's a really it's a really kind of neat company. They actually kind of went well. Redbreast, not the brand. Redbreast, not the not the company. Um, so I'm going to read a little a little tidbit that that uh, that I kind of gathered from from the internet. Um, for those of you who might be a little bit more uh, or less familiar with uh, with Redbreast, um, Redbreast is produced by a company called Irish Distillers. Um, who also now produce Jameson Middleton is is uh, you know is part of that part of that family. Uh, it was originally produced by Gilby's, uh, which is a Dublin spirits merchant using distillate sourced from Jane, Jameson's Bow Street Distillery, which was where Jameson used to be distilled until 1971 when it was consolidated and moved to the Middleton Distillery. Uh, in the 1980s, the Redbreast brand was purchased by Irish Distillers and is now the largest selling single pot still Irish whiskey in the world. Uh, Redbreast was relaunched in 1991 after several years of absence from the market. Initially launched as a um, standalone 12-year-old, Redbreast has since been released in 15, 21, uh, and 27-year expressions. There's also several other expressions of this. Obviously, you have the Redbreast uh, 12 cask strength. Uh, there is the uh, there is the the, the Lestau edition. There's there's so many, you know, so many different editions under that Redbreast uh, umbrella. But this is kind of like the, 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 you know, the, the, the entryway into the Redbreast realm, if you will. Um, yeah. It can also get extremely, extremely expensive. Uh, the Redbreast 27 I want, or 23, I want to say, is like $500. Wow. Um, but then they have limited releases as well that you can actually go. You have to be a member of their club, um, but you can uh, you get access to limited releases that can go up into the thousands of dollars that are, you know, 30 plus years aged. So, but the 12 year, the 12 year folks is just fine. <laughs> no, no, no need, no need to spend that kind of money. It's really not. I mean, if you've got money to burn, great, do it, but you you can be happy all day long drinking this oh absolutely i'd be curious to do this one and the cask strength back to back um and i don't know what the proof on the on the cask strength is i know it's quite quite higher than the than the uh 80 proof of of this one i'm gonna finish pouring my little my little sample uh dan grayson thank you for my little uh, for my little sample, uh, he dropped off to me today at work because I uh, am terrible with time management. 
See, coming back to this one now, Wilson, you said uh, you said uh, white grape juice. Yeah, now I'm it's starting there. to pick that up. I'm starting to pick it up on the nose. I'm going to be curious to see. One of the things that I love is as you get lower and lower and lower in the glass, almost to the point where you have nothing left in there, and it's kind of dried at the bottom, and it's kind of dried to the glass. I love doing it with bourbon because you really get that oak and the char, you know, especially when you kind of you know dig your nose deep in the glass. I'm really curious as to what this one leaves in the glass. If you guys have never done that, by the way, sip your whiskey out of a Glencairn, wait for it to kind of dry a little bit, and then revisit the nose. It's absolutely spectacular. I'm curious as to what this leaves, because right now, like, I still get that ginger, that white grape, like citrusy. And what you need to do better than that, when you're done, don't wash the glass. Just leave it on the counter. Come to it the next morning. Oh, yeah. After, after everything's evaporated out of it, then take a sniff, and you can pick up some amazing notes that way. Man, this one's just incredible. And one of the one of the things that I'm kind of picking up now, and it's a term that I absolutely hate, but our our good friend, our bourbon, uh, our good bourbon friend, uh, don't say it, the, the man in the ascot. No, not marzipan. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. That would be the nuts. <laughs> that would be the nuts. Yeah, yeah. So I'll ask you some trivia questions here, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Sure. What caused the downfall of Irish whiskey? So scotch was when, uh, so in, in, I, I want. Well, he locked up. So. <laughs> this, uh, and this you've stumped me, but I would think the rise of scotch whiskey in, in the movies and in other things that brought it, to more to prominence in the states. Yeah, so it was uh, the real, originally this kind of started with you know the, the the downfall of Irish whiskey was really kind of the 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 birth of the the coffee still C O F F E E or E E Y not E E C O F F E Y invented by uh, a Scotsman or he might have been Irish I can't remember uh, Aeneas Coffee, um, which is basically just a continuous distillation method. Right. So you can pour it in at the top. It sinks down to the bottom and then the vapors come up. Pot stilling is kind of beautifully inefficient as as it's kind of almost designed to be. So as scotch distilleries are starting to use this column still, it's producing things much quicker. Um, You're able to put them into barrels much quicker. Um, But then there was a lot of like different tax laws and all this that came into play. But it was the Scots. I think I, I believe ultimately it was it was the Scots. If I'm if I'm correct, with the birth of the of the coffee still. Uh, it's one of seven reasons. One of seven. <laughs> so it was, it was. Jeff a, has like a Jeff has like a whiteboard in front of him that he. <laughs> it, it's a. I have index cards. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, refusal to keep up with technology. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. It works for them, but it was one of the things that uh, led to the downfall. Um, prohibition, huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most most of the Irish whiskey was coming here, just like most of the Scotch was coming here, and uh, you know, prohibition killed them. It was hard. They got into trade wars with England. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, start, well, you know, you can't, you can, we can only sell Irish whiskey in Ireland. That way, uh, the British couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Well, that was kind of self-defeating right there. <laughs> not, not the smartest thing to do. And also the not smartest thing to do was a lot of gross mismanagement and mm-hmm. uh, mishandling of the business, way overextending, um, going into huge amounts of debt, um, and then not being able to keep up. Yeah. Um, you had uh, war. Um, yeah, the, the, both the, the, the Civil Irish war. war of Independence, yeah. Yes. Both the Irish War of Independence and the Civil War. Yeah. Um, you had counterfeiting in the both the United States and in England because, again, you couldn't export Irish whiskey. So you had all these factors um, that, uh, that were coming into play that just collapsed the market again down to three distilleries yeah. in 100 years. And, and Scotch really kind of really took off in, you know, the, the I guess, the second half of, of the 19th century, the, you know, the 1850s and beyond, really ever since mm-hmm. the creation of the coffee still. But you also have... During Prohibition, um, Scotch was one of the primary imports into the United States, one of the primary illegal imports into the United States during Prohibition. Um, that and Wilson, as you mentioned here, um, Canadian products as, as well. Um, one of them being uh, uh, Old Cabin, uh, old, old Log Cabin, which was, I believe, uh, the Old Log Cabin was, was the brand that Al Capone rumor has it that Al Capone was smuggling into the United States and that Bugsy Bugs Moran uh, was uh, going to hijack a shipment uh, and ultimately uh, that's what led to the St. Valentine's Day massacre. I actually have a little bottle I have a little tiny bottle of Old Log Cabin somewhere somewhere around here um, But yeah, I have a bottle of Log Cabin too but it's syrup but, Oh yeah <laughs> So what other what other what other trivia do they have for us? Uh, that was my big trivia question. That was a big the, trivia question. The the rules around it. I mean, it's nothing overly interesting or unique. It's got to be made from cereal grains. Um, it's got to be aged three years. It's got to be a complete product of Ireland. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it you can have stuff that is peated. It's unusual. Mm-hmm. But they do have peated Irish whiskeys. Uh, something really fun in Irish whiskey that you don't run into too often is crystal malt, um, which is they're basically caramelizing the uh, the grain um, before they go ahead and uh, mash it. Really? And yeah, and it gives it. It's like a caramel bomb. Ooh. Wow. And Swedish sugar, there's not a lot of them out there, but my gosh, if you see something that's crystal malt, grab it. What do you know of any like off the top of your head that brands that use that? Uh, Teeling had one, but it was old Teeling um, back before they sold the distillery. Sure. Uh, so it's not the current Teeling. Um, but there was a, there, they did a crystal malt 
that's the only one that I know of off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you get into that stuff and it's like heaven on earth. The likelihood of getting it here without, without going to Ireland and bringing it back is low. Probably so. Now, Leslie, you've been, you've been to Ireland, you said a, a few times and you're obviously four a, times you're, you're, you're a bourbon drinker. You're an Irish whiskey drinker compared to, you know, there's obviously distillery only releases. There's things that you can maybe only get over there due to certain regulations, or maybe it's a distillery only release. Is there anything that you've had at uh, a, a little pub or a distillery or somewhere that you went where you think, man, I really wish we could get this in the States because this is just like blow your mind good. I wish I could name one. Like I said, the last time I was there, going into the pubs in downtown Dublin, you can get a of Irish whiskeys, and not just the whiskeys themselves, but just like Redbreast, the number of years available, the tasting flights available, things that I have never seen here. So. And I'm biased. I admit that I'm biased. And yeah. and by the way, I did an Ancestry.com thing. I have very little Irish in my background, except <laughs> sometime in the late 1700s, the Lord High Bishop of Cork is is my many times removed grandfather. Oh. Yeah, I just found that out. Next time I go, I'm going to pay a visit to, to Cork because that needs a little bit of investigating. But yeah. I would tell people... Once they open Ireland up to travel again, and they're about to close it to us, um, yeah. once they're open again, they are the warmest, funniest, best people. When they talk about going to the pubs and having some great crack, I have not laughed as hard anywhere as I have <laughs> laughed in the Irish pub. I've not had my knee bouncing up and down and my toe tapping anywhere as much as in an Irish pub with a live session. The Guinness doesn't taste nearly as good here as it does there. And I've actually run across Guinness quality trucks going from pub to pub to pub, making sure that the temperature that it's stored at is right, that the lines are clean, that they're pouring the pints right. And they pull licenses over that. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. So they're serious about their Guinness over there. They're very serious about the their least. Guinness over there. <laughs> Um, and, and there are other stouts there. Murphy's is very popular, one of them. Um, but where you come from tends to inform which stout you're, you're very loyal to. Sure. And, and loyalties get discussed in very loud voices sometimes. But for charm and wonderful food, beautiful scenery, Fabulous whiskey. Oh, I'm sure. Fabulous yeah. beer. Well, as you know, as and and golf. If you golf, go to Ireland. The courses are beautiful. If you like horse racing, Ireland breeds some of the best best race horses in the world. I it, it, there's so much to do there, so much to see. I, I'm going back again as soon as I can. It's I would I would love to go there the if if Me anything too. for the whiskey. <laughs> Me too. Well, then let's take lunch from this group. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. We should just get a group I'm of ready. us together. And let's go. So I did something interesting. So I ran out of my red breast. Like I said, I only had I only had the little sample. Um, 
it's interesting to me to compare two um two different styles but you know or, or one one style you know irish whiskey but do two different distilleries back to back um i do it a lot with bourbon right um, i don't do it so much with scotch um so i don't have any more Redbreast 12 but i do have the sexton um the sexton is a really really cool distiller i wish i knew more about it um so this is the bottle right here uh really mm. really neat bottle it's super super affordable um, I actually got this one from my cousin who lives up in Hayward, Wisconsin. They have a little uh, a little lodge uh, and a little restaurant right on uh, Moose Lake up there. And I liked it so much, he said, here, just take the bottle. It's really interesting to kind of compare the two because this one, dollar-wise, is significantly cheaper than a Redbreast right. 12. And Redbreast 12 isn't terribly, terribly expensive. This is a really great whiskey, the Sexton. Immediately, yes. immediately. I can tell a world of difference in these two. It's that's more... a uh, that's a grain though, isn't it? it? Versus a malt. It might it might be. Or does it say blended? Oh goodness gracious! There's so much to read on this thing. Uh... You know, I don't know. My guess is for the price, it's probably grain. It it could be because I know over over there in in Scotland and in, and in Ireland, um, to kind of cut costs, they'll they'll use just kind of you know whatever grain, whatever cereal grain they uh, they might have. This one you can definitely tell, and it, and like I said, it's a great. I I, I really enjoy it. Mm, mm-hmm. Not even close. But it's an yeah. entirely different animal. Entirely different animal. I mean, this isn't even in the same ballpark. Not even not even in the same ballpark. The finish on this one is really great. Um, it's And again, I go back to Wilson's white grape juice, but this is actually on the finish is like Concord grape juice. Right. So it's got that... Logan David. Yeah, it, and it's got like... Like a... Uh, you know, like the crust of like, and I and I say this a lot when actually describing bourbon, the crust on a creme brulee, mm-hmm. that like okay. burnt sugar kind of, really, yes. really, really, really just super sweet, but still kind of a little bit of char. But compared to the Redbreast 12, I'd go Redbreast all day. I'd go Redbreast all day. But um, it's not and, the same animal. That's not fair. Oh, it? yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely not. You'd almost have to, I mean, in order for it to be fair, you'd have to compare two, you know, single, uh, single pot still. Yeah, uh, single pot still whiskeys. This one, but you know, shout out to the guys you know that are making the Sexton. Uh, good job, still. You know, cool bottle, cool bottle to have on the shelf. I wish well, I had I more. There are some whiskeys that I would bake some of those things that I post on the site, and there are some of those whiskeys that it only goes straight from the bottle into the glass, and the red breast yeah. twelve is straight to the glass. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't I, use a red breast now. Now, and that's actually a good point. You now, Leslie, do you do a lot of cooking and baking with with whiskey? I'm single, and I don't even have a pet, so no, I don't <laughs> do a lot of baking. This is a lot of my. If I could have one bite, if here somebody else make this so that yeah. I can have one bite, you, I would be a happy girl. But most of them are things that just 
if I went to Ireland and I could order dessert and then roll around in the plate when I was done with it, those are the things I post. You had posted something a while back, and this is one that sticks on my mind. It was it was like a bourbon chocolate chip cookie. Oh yeah. And I've saved I saved the I saved the recipe in a in a note on my phone. Because hand to God, I'm gonna make it one day. It and that bourbon not. bacon s'more. That looked the outrageous. Bourbon bacon s'more. You guys, you, so if you guys aren't, uh, if you guys aren't following or uh, a member of our group, the Fox Valley Whiskey Society, uh, it's a private group on Facebook. We got uh, just shy of 1,400 members. We're one of the largest in Illinois. Um, Leslie, almost every week, really almost every like other day, is posting these incredibly, <laughs> incredibly delicious sounding recipes. And it's not even food. Some of them are cocktails. Some of them are like dessert drinks. Um, you posted one that was like, like an ice cream. Um, yeah, you really wow. join the group, even if you're not in the Fox Valley area, you know, here in our little Western suburbs of Illinois, um, you know, we've got some, some transplants, you know, from the area that live in New Jersey that still follow the group. Um, definitely follow the group just to see what Leslie has to post because there's so many, but those bourbon chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. And things with Irish whiskey and Guinness and Bailey's in it and, and. All sorts of yummy things. So, Jeff, so since we're moving boring, down, go is ahead. That, is that slain? This is slain, and this is a blended Irish, um, which means that it could be either a mix of single pot still, or uh, single grain, or single malt, uh, or all three of them. Um, but this is another 20 some odd dollar bottle. It's fantastic. It's not going to compare to, uh, it's not going to compare to red breast by any means. Right. But as far as, you know, you're walking through, you want to, you want to enter the world of Irish whiskey. It's an awesome entry point. Is what's, what's the price point on that one? Because I've seen it. 24, 25, 24 bucks. Yeah. See, all right, let's go to. Uh, I'm going to see if we can get to our Facebook to see see if there's any activity. Um, Leslie, aside from so obviously you have the rest, Red Breast Twelve. What do you have on your shelf that you like to kind of visit periodically? Last Monarch. Oh. oh. I kind of fell in love with it, and you know I'm not a big one for drinking at home. I'm just not. I like to go yeah. out and I like to be social. But during this whole COVID thing, um, I finally started making a nightly ritual of buying a bottle of whiskey, two little ice cubes. I have a tiny little brandy snifter at home and just enough to cover the ice cubes. And that was my drink for the night. And I stumbled oh. across Lost Monarch and I am so in love with that. So I have been posting about Lost Monarch for months. Uh, Lost Monarch. I know this is an Irish whiskey episode, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sure. we're gonna move into um, it's it's uh, the company is is uh, um, Red uh, Redwood Empire or yeah Redwood Empire. Lost Monarch is it's a blend of bourbon and rye. Um, Redwood right. Empire is a super super cool company based out of California. Each one of their expressions of of their whiskeys is named after a redwood tree in the redwood forest. Um, Lost Monarch being the largest of, of these trees. Um, and 
I want to say it's, I want to say it's something like 10% of proceeds, 10% of the profit that they make from each bottle that they sell um, goes towards uh, an organization that actually helps maintain uh, and preserve the redwood forest out there. In I'm California. looking it up online right now. It's a um, super, super cool um, thing to, to be a part of. Um, and it's affordable. It's, it's super affordable, affordable. Like $35. I've been able to get it for about 26. Oh, God damn it. I need to go. I need to <laughs> shop where you shop. Okay. For every bottle sold, we'll plant a tree. Mm. They've planted 185,000 trees. So to give you an idea, 185,000, there's a ticker on their website. Yes. To give you an idea, the last time I visited the website, this was about two months ago, they were at 74,000 trees. Wow. Wow. This was about two months ago. So that is absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, for those of you who are watching or listening to the audio version on our podcast, which will be released uh, later on, much later on this evening, um, I definitely recommend, I know this is a Redbreast episode, but real quick, uh, Lost Monarch. Uh, from Redwood Empire, you can find it for Leslie. You find it for around twenty six. I usually find it for around that thirty to thirty five dollar mark. Um, they just came out with a new release as well. Uh, hay Haystack, I think it's called, or Hay Needle, or something wow. like that. Um, but the, every bottle you buy, they planted they they plant a tree. Um, super super cool initiative that those guys have uh, have going on down there. So if uh, if the if the folks over over at uh, Redwood Empire are happen to be listening to this or watching this in the future, uh, cheers to what to what you guys are doing. Super super cool initiative. I've we'll never heard of them before, so I thank you for the tip. I'm going to start looking into them. You know what? So actually Jeff, it's funny that you mentioned because I actually have a box of I'm not kidding you. I have a box of samples and I forgot to get your your address uh, <laughs> ready ready to go for you. I'll throw that I'll throw that one in there. Thank you. Um, I will tell you, I've, I've tried their rye. I don't like that as much as I like the Lost Monarch. And they also have a bourbon, which I haven't tried yet, but also I've, on my list. I've had their rye. The rye is pretty good. I think that's the green label, and I can't remember remember the name of it. But the Lost Monarch, um, Jeff, to give you an idea, so we have a we had a bracket that we were doing kind of at the beginning of this whole thing. I did a self-quarantine uh, for, for about three to, three to four weeks. I did a self-quarantine, and I was like, I'm really bored. That's how this actually this this whole podcast live cast came to be. So I created a bracket and I put Redwood Empire on one of them and it took top spot compared to like, I mean, dozens of other, it actually took top spot twice compared nice. to dozens of other other whiskeys. Um, and my wife was the one that was kind of like blind pouring everything. And it was just I'm telling you, it's it's incredible. It's 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 one that you'll fall in love with. And I think it's one that you'll you'll go back to. Um so you guys, if you guys are sipping on the red breast, I'm again, still, I'm curious as to what you guys are thinking. Uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast, which would be released later on this evening, if you guys are listening to, to this in, in the future, um, please feel free to comment on our, on our YouTube page as to what you guys think. Um, the, so you're sipping on the slain now, mm -hmm. uh, Leslie, you're still sipping on the red breast. I have moved over to, uh, to the sexton, yeah. um, I'm curious as if you guys out there have moved on to uh, have moved on to anything else. We still got a little bit of time left. Um, if you guys are okay with just kind of hanging out a little bit, what, what is no problem? Slain is is it's a new one to me. Is is it a yes. newer? It's a newer brand, correct? Yeah. Was this one? So as the whiskey fellow, you obviously get sent a ton of samples. You 
sample whiskeys from all over the world. Was this one that you got, you received as a sample and you said, oh my gosh, I have to go buy a bottle of this? Or was this one that you just said, I'm going to go pick this out and see what, see what the, you know, what the deal is? So what happens is um, I use bars for my testing ground. Obviously, I don't get to do that right now. Um, but when I go to a bar, my entire purpose of going to a bar is not to order what I have at home. Sure. And I have, I could open up this door behind you. I have 300 whiskeys on my shelf. Wow. Um, so I'm, my goal when I go to a bar is to find something that I've never had. And this was on the list of something that I never had at a bar and ordered it and said, and I mean, it was a dirt cheap pour. It may have been a $4 pour. And, you know, tasted it. It's like, wow, this is good. Went into a liquor store, bottles 24, 25 bucks. It's like easy sell, picked it up, brought it home. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was me testing it at a bar and enjoying it enough to wanting to get a bottle, especially at the price point. Yeah. And that's like what we were talking about earlier. And we had talked about this in the past is when, when you – it's it's funny what kind of like when you take away those preconceived notions of of the the dollar sign, right? And and mm-hmm. the label and what you read on the internet or what you see on, you know, on on TV or on radio spots or whatever. Um, you know, Leslie, you said you like the Bushmills Black Label. It's a great yep. great Irish whiskey. Bushmills White Label. We great did, whiskey. We it's a great it's a great Irish. It's like sixteen. But it's the same as wine. It's the same as wine. Sometimes. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, sometimes there are some great wines that are just not expensive. Yeah. And if you put them head to head up against an expensive wine, you might like the less expensive one more. Yeah. It's, it's what your nose likes. It's what your palate likes. I got news. I like the Red Bush. It, 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 Me too, it's man. the bottom of their thing, but I liked it. I don't know. I, yeah. You know, I saw that at Finney's today and I thought about it. I thought about it hard. I'll have to try it. You know, yeah. it just goes to show that, you know, and, and it's not just with Irish whiskey. I mean, this this is this is relevant for bourbon. It's relevant for scotch. It's relevant for rum and vodka. And, I mean, you name it. You don't have to spend yes. huge amounts of money no. to get a really good quality product. Um, you know, especially, you know, with what with what I do with with more of the craft side of things. You know, there's obviously you've got the big guys down in Kentucky and Tennessee that are putting out phenomenal, phenomenal bourbons. You've got the big guys in Scotland and Ireland that are putting out phenomenal, phenomenal scotches and, and Irish whiskeys. But some of these smaller distilleries and even their lower end stuff, it's just, you know, yeah, they might be a little bit more expensive, but they're ones that you just kind of pass over on the shelf. You know, you, right. you, you look at it, you look at the price tag and you're like, eh, how good is it going to be for $16? You know, it could be your favorite. It, it, it could be your favorite whiskey. It, you know, how good can a wine be for $8? Oh, this wine comes out of a box. How good can it be? You know, so it just goes to show that, you know, don't don't look at the price tag. Don't read into the hype. Yeah, it's not to say that those aren't really, really great products. But, you know, I've had some craft distilleries that, you know, people are like, oh, why, you know, craft distillery, they're just weird and they're not aged very long. But man, some of these guys are just doing incredible, incredible things. And some even some of the big guys are doing incredible things with just their $15 bottles of of whiskey. So go to the. 
I'm going to piggyback on your discussion here. Um, there, just as price is just a number, age is just a number. Mm -hmm. And too many people get hung up on the age of something. Oh, it's got to be 12 years or more. Well, I guarantee you, if I pour you something that's not 12 years old and don't tell you what it is, you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there are just, People get hung up on all these idiosyncrasies of it's got to be this or it's got to be that. I'll only drink single malt. It's like, okay, fine. You're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's um, I uh, I only drink uh, I only drink barrel proof. So I love barrel proof. It's yeah. I, I love it all day long. But there's some eighty proofers out there that'll surprise the heck out of you. Yeah. And you, you just got to have a big, wide open mindset and approach to whiskey to really appreciate what's out there yeah um you know you keep talking price bottom shelf bottom shelf i've been running a hashtag respect the bottom shelf for as long as it. i've been reviewing <laughs> i love it <laughs> and you know it, i love bottom shelf stuff it's the first thing that catches my eye mm -hmm. you know what what's on that bottom shelf that i've never heard of yep that's what I want to try first. Yep. It's not the it's not the ultra premium stuff. It's not the BTAC. I've had that. Yeah. It's not Pappy. I've had that. It, it, there's nothing wrong with it, but you're missing so much opportunity. So much. It, and that's you know when I and, and I'll give you an example. I I recently went I recently went to Benny's. Uh, our our episode last week was with um, Spirit Works Distillery out of. Um, out of Sebastopol, California. They just recently won uh, the American Distilling Institute's Distillery of the Year for 2020. This past July, they just won that. Uh, so I talked to their uh, their sales manager. I got to talk after the show. I got to talk with the owners of the distillery. It was super, super cool. They're not available here in Illinois yet. So she said, you know what? I'm going to send you our whole product line. So I haven't received it yet. But while I was at Benny's the day of that episode, I said, well, I have to get a California whiskey. So I went out and shout out to these guys. Uh, let's see if you can see it here. Sonoma. Sonoma. I don't know if you can see it. I got the light shining on it. So this is yep. Sonoma whiskey, uh, Sonoma County, um, distilled and bottled in Sonoma County, California. This is their bourbon. It's a forty-six percent and ninety-two proof. This is probably going up for me personally out of everything that I've tried in this short span of the year as the best thing I've had this year. Nice. And it's on the I'm going to be looking shelf. for that. It's on the bottom shelf. It's still relatively young. It's not super expensive. It's from a distillery that you've probably never heard of before. But that's just the thing. Go try these things, right? Go to try everything. Liquor store. Buy every Yeah, if you see something you've never had before, well Pick it up. And you I will tell you, the liquor store I go to is a tiny little liquor store. It's a local place that sells a lot of stuff in cans, a lot of stuff in the freezer chilled, and and maybe four shelves of liquor. But that's where I found the Lost Monarch. And there yeah. are some things in there I've thought about maybe trying, but because they had kind of boring labels or I didn't know enough about them, I haven't tried. But I'll go back in there and try something else that I might not be able to find anywhere else. And I get it at a really good price point. So yep. support your local liquor stores too. Oh, absolutely. 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 And if there's something, you know, Wilson, Wilson Torres, you know, he's, he just, he just commented, he said, preach. So he's with Union Horse Distilling. 
I've got like almost their whole product line behind me and I drink it regularly because it's that good. They're out of Lenexa, Kansas. All right, this little little craft distillery. They got some really, really great products on the shelves up here. Their rye is probably one of the best ryes I've ever had. Actually, that's one of the samples that I'm going to be sending you, Jeff. Um, they've got some really, really great stuff. Um, so like you said, I mean, just, you know, the, the local liquor stores, if they don't have something that maybe you're looking for, all you literally just ask like, Hey, can you get, can you get this Sonoma bourbon? Can you get spirit orbs yep. distillery? Can you get Unihorse yeah. or, you know, boot Hill or, you know, whatever it was, if they have, if they're a liquor store, they have access to distribution and they have access to the distributor needed to get that to get that product we have in town here our one little liquor store has a clipboard and paper and what you write on there is what they don't have that you want yeah, yeah. and they'll order it yeah that's i want to get to go ahead to, that, that's a super cool thing to put into practice um we have some great liquor stores out by us obviously Penny's is the number one liquor store they have pretty much everything but there's some really really great local liquor stores you know i try to support the local businesses as much as i can that's a really cool yep. practice to kind of you know to to kind of put into play um maybe i'll just start bringing in my own clipboard and just be like here <laughs> take this take this you know here's the thing is if you if you ask and they can't get it because it's not distributed in that state that's okay, but you're never going to get it if you don't ask. Exactly. So, exactly. Right. And there's and there's a lot, you know. I've this is I think this is episode 24. You know, we've done craft breweries, uh, craft distilleries. We've talked with you know the rep from Glencairn. We've uh, you know we've talked to a ton of people and a ton more people to come. Um, and that's the number one thing. Like you you know you, you don't know in, until you ask. And a lot mm -hmm. of these places like Sonoma, they're here in Illinois. Um, unfortunately, uh, Spirit Works Distillery out of out of also Sonoma County uh, is is not here yet. Um, but guys, just ask. Just go and go into your local liquor store and say, "Hey, I heard about this thing. I want to try it. Can you get a case of it? Six bottles is not that much to ask for, you know. And even if you're the only one that buys it, at least it's sold, right?" Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I, I'm going to say something else here as far as advice goes, since we're giving out general whiskey advice. And I want to get to Andrew's question as well. Um, but don't get hung up on where something is from. This week, I wrote, it's my latest review on my blog, a, a Texas bourbon. Not a big fan of Texas whiskeys. This one was a game changer. Yeah, and it, it's uh, it, it's still Austin. It's made it obviously in Austin, and it's called the Musician, and it blew my mind. And I have not been. I, I've been very negative on Texas whiskeys. They've just not been very good. Yeah, and this one was just amazing, and I was I was in total shock, and now. You know, I'm I'm going to come through with a much more open mind on uh, stuff that comes out of Texas. Yeah. So Andrew Andrew wants to know, and and that's that's a really good point because there there is a lot of I mean there's stuff that comes out of every state. Um, yeah. Carolina. Yeah, has, 49 states distilling. Yeah. South Carolina has a distillery. It's Charleston Distillery. Just did yes. Guys, my battery is going, so I'm going to have to go. Thank you so much Leslie, for having yeah. me, and I will yeah, Leslie, watch, be watching. So for, 
for joining us. Uh, plug in your phone and 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 keep watching. Um, we'll uh, we'll definitely get together soon. We'll have to do a we'll have to do a a bottle share when this whole thing is sounds great. This whole thing is over. Okay, take care. Leslie, thanks for joining Good us. To meet you. We're gonna keep going. Okay. Um, Charleston Distilling out down in down in South Carolina. Yep. Um, they just did a barrel pick with one of the I, I want to say it was uh, Bourbon Pursuit or or um, you know Bourbon Enthusiast or one of these one of these guys um, that just did a that just did a barrel pick with them. You know, um, yeah. The local there's a local uh, whiskey society. I think it's the Adventures and Bourbon Club that just did a, a barrel pick with with some some craft distilleries. Um, but there's there, but you know, like you said, there's there's 49 states distilling. There's a ton of great, great, great stuff. Yeah, there there really is, and it's you know, if you if you start saying, I don't like this from there, or I don't like this price point, or I don't like this kind of whiskey, you're cheating yourself. And you know that that's fine. There's more for us, but you know, it's you're you're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah. So Andrew wants to know, is there a certain proof that you drink more often? I Bottle, prefer, Bottled and bond. Bottled and bond. So 50, 50%, hunter proof. Um, that is my favorite category of whiskey. And it, and one of the, one of the, actually the fastest growing category of, uh, of bourbon is bottled and bond. We're yes. starting to see, uh, so Wild Turkey most notably is the one that just came, recently came out with their masters, keep 17 year bottled and bond. Um, one of, I think, only two releases that Wild Turkey has done as a bottled and bond. Um, I have a sample out of, of it behind me. I have a feeling that Jeff is probably going to go pick up the entire bottle because he's got 300 bottles behind him. Um, well, we, I, we talked about, we talked about uh, this. This that, is my that, house bourbon. That was the first episode that you and I did together. Yeah. Uh, and that is the, uh, the Evan Williams bottled and bond probably, if not in my top three probably my favorite of all time i mean here are some other very good heaven hill bottled and brown and jw damp uh, and heaven hill is doing does a ton of these things um you know we had uh in wisconsin wallersheim uh oh, came yeah. out last year came out uh late fall last year with their first bottled and bond and they're correct me if i'm wrong but they're a winery as well they started off as a winery and then uh, about five years ago opened up their distillery. Okay. And I mean, they'd always been doing brandies and stuff like that, but just started uh, doing whiskeys. Sure. And that was about five years ago. And uh, their bottled and bond stuff is just coming out now. Um, early times, wonderful oh, bottled and bond. Yes. I'm going to just one... keep pulling these out. So early times, Foolery, wonderful bottled and bond. Early <laughs> times out of Ohio. I'm, uh, I'm curious as to see what happens with early times. Um, now that it was just recently purchased by, yeah. uh, was it? It was. It was. Was it Buffalo Trace or was it uh, Brown Foreman? Somebody just recently no, purchased. No, Brown was, Foreman would have sold it. Brown Foreman sold it, and it was. It was. Uh, um, Buffalo Trace or Sazerac that yeah. uh, that that bought it, and it has been blowing up. On so what you're going to have just Facebook just to hit everything. this because yes, you're correct. It's Buffalo Trace because I said 
now we're going to have early times full proof. We're going to have early yeah. times single barrel. We're going to have early times uh, 107. 107. Yeah. We're going to have early times special reserve. Yep. And all of it will magically be allocated. Uh, out of Heaven Hill, <laughs> if you can find this on the shelf still, that one. This is not the super premium stuff that they're out with now. This that is a twenty dollar bottle. Will blow <laughs> your mind how good it is. Yeah, it will blow your mind how good it is. So I was fortunate enough. Um, if you guys in the Fox Valley area are familiar with a restaurant called Niche um, in downtown Geneva, they've got a massive, massive whiskey list going all the way back like to the nineteen fifties and sixties. Um, several months ago when I had kind of first start, well, actually uh, not several months ago, but a year ago when I first founded the Fox Valley Whiskey Society, I went in there and I talked to Vinny, great, great guy. I talked to Brant, um, super knowledgeable. And I said, what, what's a good, what's a good bourbon that you think I maybe never had before that you, you definitely think I should try. And he said, this is an old Fitzgerald. This isn't the super popular one. This isn't the, you know, the, the one that you're going to find for $150, $200, but this one also isn't one that you're going to find on the shelves anymore. If it was 1981, you would find it on the shelf. So he poured me a 1981 version of that bottled in a bond. And Jeff, I'm not kidding you. It blew my mind and how yeah. good it was. Um, and they've kept up the consistency ever since then. You know, Heaven Hell is really, really, really good. Their master distiller there and their master blender and their, their um, you know, their quality control team is really, really good at Heaven Hill to consistently keep the product the same, you know, from, you know, time and time and time again. Yes. Um, you know, trying the two back to back, obviously from 1981 until 2020 would be totally different. Um, but you taste them, you know, a couple weeks apart and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that note. I remember that flavor, that scent or whatever. Um, probably one of the best bourbons I've ever had is that, is, is that old Fitzgerald bottled and bond. And you're right. You can find it. And I think it's in like a plastic bottle too. Um, some of it is, this one's glass. Um, some of it comes in the pet bottles, but, uh. You know, it's it's just a good weeded bottled and bond mm -hmm. bourbon. And you know, people want to spend a crap load of money on uh on Weller and they want to hunt it down. I'd put that up against Weller any day. So I don't have unfortunately the only old Fitzgerald that I have I actually opened up on my wedding day. Um and it was, uh, it was this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I know the light is a little, there we go. Maybe, maybe back here, you can see it a little better. Sure. Uh, so this was a 19, uh, bottled in, barreled in 1962, bottled in 1970. There's only about two ounces left in that bottle. Um, great story. Oh, there's my bottle, Old Log Cabin. Um, great story. So on my wedding day, so we actually found this bottle, uh, of Old Forester, and I'll post a picture on uh, uh, on the Facebook group. I'll post it up. Uh, it's on our Instagram page on the Glassless Traveled. Um, we got married on May 9th. We found this bottle in my wife's grandfather's basement. Um, her grandmother was was known for uh, enjoying a cocktail or two, you know, as as we all do. Um, but back then, you didn't really know that what you had now in 1970 would be of astronomical value in 2020, especially to a bourbon collector. Yeah. So um, her grandmother uh, unfortunately passed away a number of years ago and the basement had kind of remained untouched. Um, her bar had kind of remained untouched. There was a little bit of a flood down there. So they unfortunately had to get rid of a lot of what was down there. So it's really, really, really wish I could have seen all of what was down there. 
Um, but we were fortunate enough to go through a small back room that has ju was just shrouded in darkness for the past 40 years, temperature controlled, um, very little humidity in there. And I found this bottle along with a bunch of others. Um, I have a Jim Beam pin bottle behind me somewhere that we were op that we opened a few weeks ago. Um, but this was kind of the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. So we found it wrapped in the gold foil box uh, that it came in, um, adorned with the um, uh, the fleur-de-lis all over it. Uh, beautiful, beautiful box. It had a little bit of mold on it. I mean, it's been sitting in a basement for 40 years. Uh, it had a little bit of mold on it. So I just kind of took a Q-tip and just kind of brushed it away. And and I took a, a really sharp wet knife and I tore away the adhesive and I opened the box, making sure not to tear anything. And I knew exactly what was inside. And when I opened it, I just, I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Nice. So we've been, we saved it for our wedding day and we opened it. Um, her grandfather, who is not really a drinker anymore, he still likes to partake in, you know, maybe like a Seagram's and seven, um, but not really much of a bourbon drinker. We opened this bottle. It's a 750 milliliter bottle. Should get around 25 one ounce pours. Um, we sampled it basically throughout the entire night. Uh, we heard, <laughs> I told the story of Schitzel Weller about these two families that came together and, and formed one of the most iconic whiskey companies that the world has ever seen. Um, you know, very iconic, you know, for a wedding day and, and we toasted and we cheers and it was just a really, really kind of beautifully symbolic thing that, that we got to share, you know, these two families coming together. Um, and, and what a great, great product, you know, to have an actual Schitzel Weller product, you know, yeah. sample it, you know everybody's like, oh, Pappy 23, it's, it's, it's original, you know, Schitzel Weller juice. I got news for you, pal. <laughs> I, I got news for you. Uh, it's definitely not, <laughs> but, you know. Hasn't been uh, for a while. Yeah, it hasn't been for a long time. Uh, but, you know, hey, you you do you. I heard rumors that old St. Nick might still have some, some Schitzel Weller barrels, but that's, you know, I, uh, believe what you want, but uh, rest You can sure, go, you can go chase down... You can go chase down Black Maple Hill Farm too. It... Yeah, yeah. Rest assured, there what's what's left is gone. And if there is anything setting aside, you can be sure that it's not being bottled by anybody anytime soon. Um, so that was that's, that's the story behind my old Fitzgerald. You know, like the the one that you shared. Um, Jeff, we're we're uh, ten minutes past our hour. Leslie left a little bit ago. Um, I want to thank you for for coming on and joining us. We'll uh, we'll chat a little bit after this to kind of figure out what we want to do. Uh, what we want to do next month. Um, mm -hmm. I want to thank everybody who who watched tonight and tunes in every week to The Glass Less Traveled. Uh, remember to like and subscribe. Uh, it helps us grow a little bit more and helps us kind of spread the word of craft distilling and craft breweries. Um, you can also uh, follow us or, or help us uh, expand on patreon.com slash The Glass Less Traveled. Uh, Jeff, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for everybody who tuned in. Wilson, Andrew, um, uh, everybody who tuned in tonight, David, uh, thank you to Leslie, uh, even though you're probably charging your phone right now. Um, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you guys, uh, would like to, please feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to join our, our Facebook group, uh, the Fox Valley Whiskey Society. Uh, we're always posting something new and, and cool and exciting. We're working on several different barrel picks right now. So that's definitely some, some fun stuff going on in the future. Uh, Jeff, you got anything before uh, before we go? We'll work out what we're going to do next month for a tasting. I'm just going to tell everybody, respect the bottom shelf. Respect the bottom shelf. Perfect. Uh, everybody, I have uh, continued on and poured myself some bourbon, some of the Sonoma, uh, some of the Sonoma whiskey. 
Uh, I'm going to turn on the light in my bedroom and turn off this light that's been shining in my face for the past hour. <laughs> Jeff will chat for a little bit. Everybody out there, cheers. Have a cheers, everybody. beautiful Wednesday night, and we will see you guys next week.